Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's new report, old report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. The most exciting weekend in the National Football League is complete. The championship series are set. The Kansas City Chiefs will play at the Baltimore Ravens to crown who will go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC and in the other conference of the NFC. Another exciting matchup as the Detroit Lions look to get to their first Super Bowl against the historic powerhouse of the 49ers action continues in the national basketball association college basketball continues to heat up as teams try to make it to the top end of their conferences. But we have to start with the national football league and some poetic waxing from one Allen white plains who was very excited that his Baltimore Ravens have advanced his Baltimore Ravens advancing in relaxing fashion, thankfully, to kick off the Saturday slate of games in the divisional round. Kick back the feet, pour a little wine, enjoy a weekend of football without any regrets of losing that game and getting to look ahead to, well, we get to see who we're playing. The Ravens beat the Texans 34-10. to Lamar Jackson, two rushing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, two passing touchdowns. C.J. Stroud, America's darling, zero passing touchdowns. The game most likely couldn't have gone better for a Ravens fan. So we must start the show with a little bit of celebration for at least one of us still having their team alive in the NFL postseason. It's the least we could do on our program. I appreciate that, big fella. John, it's always great to be back with you and our listeners and our fans and friends. And it was uh, pretty much what you said. Uh, the Cabernet was uncorked. The fire was going. And uh, it was a relaxing three and a half games of football uh, for Saturday and Sunday. And uh, as I had said to many, including you, the best thing about playing early is if you win, uh, the rest of the weekend is a hand ride. And whether you're expected to or not expected to, or whatever the case may be, and if you lose, well, you get a day and a half to recover before it's Monday. And fortunately, it was the former. Uh, <clears throat> Ravens looked a little, little rusty early, a little spotty, struggled picking up the blitzes. Uh, great adjustments at halftime were quicker throws. Lamar got it out much sooner. Shorter stuff, uh, catching runs, slowly but surely matriculate the ball down the field, uh, came out first drive, touchdown, and you know, the defense really you know, took over the game uh, after that and just allowed the Ravens to play at their pace, uh, which was you know a couple more touchdown drives at a field goal drive. And, you know, look, no knock on Stroud. We talked last week about how we anticipated uh, – just from the numbers, these numbers and their numbers are not as good outside. And the, the proof w- was in the pudding. They weren't nearly as good, uh, especially in the second half, uh, in the elements. They had a lot of problems with the crowd and dealing with the noise and procedure penalties, uh, false starts, etc. And those things, you know, you have eight, 10 penalties in the playoffs. It's tough to stay close, especially against a really good team and you're on the road. And the Ravens played really well. No mistakes. Didn't turn it over. Like I said, kind of a you know slow start for the offense. Really got cranking, and the defense took over. But uh, end result, they did to what they they did what they've done to most teams, including the playoff teams that they played with. Really, the exception of the Rams uh, that they struggled against and beat in overtime. 
and you know the loss to uh, to the Browns that they kind of gave away midseason. But as you know, they have played incredibly well against good competition. You know, Detroit, Miami, obviously San Francisco, Seattle, uh, where they've blown those teams out of the building. And um, they are primed. They are ready. They are home. They are healthy. They may get Mark Andrews back. They may get Marlon Humphrey back. Um, and they'll need them all, all hands on deck, because they're playing the champs. So I feel good. I feel confident. Uh, Lamar played by far his best playoff game ever. And, you know, he's playing differently. It's obvious. I'm I'm not going to sit here and overstate the obvious. Everybody sees it. He's not just running. He's running with a purpose. He's doing much more from the pocket, running when he has to uh, or when he wants to. And the weapons around him are much better. And the plan is really in sync with the weapons and the growth of Lamar, some of which has to do with Todd Munkin and the new system, who's done a brilliant job. And he's going to have to do it again because oddly enough, after all these years of excellence uh, between the coach and the brilliant quarterback, the strongest part of this team that they're playing, the defending champs, has been their defense, which was just good enough against Buffalo in the best game of the week, uh, weekend. And now the Ravens and the Chiefs' defenses, both of which are excellent, I think the Ravens a little better, will face off on Sunday at three in Baltimore, the first AFC title game since 1971 when it was the Colts. And the Ravens are ready and raring to go. And everybody is fired up for, you know, Mahomes against Jackson. And uh, that's the matchup everybody's dying to see. I am very anxious to see what the Raven defense does against the Kansas City offense. I think uh, I think the Raven offense will be okay. I sit there and say they're going to score 40 points, but I think they'll move the ball. Two great kickers, uh, the best of all time. And uh, Harrison Butker is pretty darn good himself. Has made a ton of big kicks, including the Super Bowl winner last year, and many postseason kicks. We're fired up. We're fired up. And um, uh, it's the season of Harbaugh that just rolls on. It's as simple as that. You know, I said it to Adam Shine today. Uh, you know, obviously, we talked about Jim winning the national title. And now getting the Charger job, which we anticipated would happen. And younger brother John, that I don't say the year because 2023 is morphed into morphed into 2024, the regular and postseason. But it's the season, the football season, regular and post of Harbaugh. We'll see if John can keep it up, and uh, his Ravens can. Uh, keep playing at the level they're playing at. If they play at the level they've been playing at, they will win this game. No doubt in my mind. When the Ravens lose, they usually beat themselves. Fumbles, especially. Occasional interception, but a fumble. And they did have one more last week, giving up you know, punt return for a touchdown, which the Ravens special teams are not nearly as good as they were in, have been in years past. Middle of the pack this year. I think 16th was their ranking which is surprising for a John Harbaugh coach team. Remember, he was a special teams coach, a guru. And uh, that punt return for a touchdown made it a game uh, right up until halftime. And uh, then there was some screaming and shouting, apparently, with some expletives, uh, according to Lamar Jackson. And they really came out a different team in the second half. And that's the team they need to be on Sunday against the Chiefs to uh, to beat them because they're going to have to bring their A game. They're going to have to do it on all fronts defensively. And most importantly, they have to do the most two most important things uh, when you're playing the Chiefs, which pretty much everybody knows. One, you've got to knock Patrick Mahomes down, which the Bills, I don't think they did it once uh, when he was behind the line of scrimmage. And you have to keep Travis Kelsey out of the end zone. And he got in there twice. 
can't let him in. Can't let him in. I mean, if it's 45 to 14, you can give him one. But when the game is in hand, you got to keep Travis Kelsey out of the end zone and you got to knock Patrick Mahomes down and you got to knock him down frequently to make him throw the ball before he wants, uh, to make him throw the ball someplace he doesn't want, uh, or to you know not allow him to throw the ball at all. And even though the Ravens' defense did not sack C.J. Stroud on Saturday past, they certainly knocked him down a lot. They got to him very often early in protections or lack thereof, beating the protections or with blitzes, which they don't do a lot of, and it showed. And uh, look, it's a very young team, so they showed their experience. I don't expect that to be the case. Uh, this weekend, uh, they're playing the champs. They're playing an all-time quarterback with an all-time coach and offensive genius. So they will have to be at the top of their game on both fronts to win this game. And if they are, they will. It was reassuring to see the second half go that way. Like, let's just put the game away. Let's crack down on the defense. Get a little bit of momentum for whomever you were going to end up playing in the AFC championship game. And then you had what we wanted. What more could you ask for? A game coming down to the wire, neck and neck. Patrick Mahomes' first away game. Jason Kelsey shirtless, jumping out of his suite, drinking beer with the Bills fans, screaming, carrying on, having probably the best week after retirement that you could have as a former now football player. Travis Kelsey, as you mentioned, open again, always. Where <laughs> I don't think he had scored in seven consecutive weeks, something along the lines of that. And then here he is, <laughs> twice, not once, but twice. Second time, dive into the pylon, and Jim Nance and Tony Romo, it was like they were at a funeral service for the call of that touchdown. Just no emotion. Oh, is he in? Uh, maybe we'll see. What are you doing? Come on! I know you're pulling for Josh Allen, but pretend you're a little bit excited for this touchdown. It is the postseason after all, and it's Travis Kelsey. I never thought this game, despite the score, was in the Bills' hands to win it. Defense couldn't stop the Chiefs to save their lives. Wide receivers, unlike Buffalo, catching Patrick Mahomes' passes. If not for the fumble out of the end zone, a play, I believe, which I have defended or went against the penalty that the offense should keep the ball. I don't know if I've had an opportunity on the show to apologize for being incorrect, to side with your side, that it is indeed the right call to reward the defense for such a fault from the offense in losing the football into the end zone and out of bounds. It's inexcusable for the offense to fumble the ball into the end zone. The metaphor I think that was used that really hit home was viewing the gridiron as a battlefield. And each team is trying to get to the other side and conquer it. But if you're doing such and you lose your weapon or you lose your treasure or you drop your map and the other side gets it, Tough shit for you. Yeah, you know what? It makes a lot of sense. And the offense is so much rewarded in this league now. You wouldn't know it some weeks based on the final scores that we've been subjected to this terrible 2023 season, 24. I'm for it. And when it happened, of course, it was, again, just about as close you could get. Hardman's on top of somebody's body. It was the right call. Fumble. It was the right call. Get the ball it was away. Incredibly close. And he and you know, in his defense, not that there is much, uh, but it, it wasn't the typical let me lunge and reach the ball over the line. Right. On 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 first and goal when, you know, why should I risk that? Because we have three more downs if I'm an inch short, which guys do so frequently that drives you nuts, whether it's for first downs 
you know, on a first down play to leave it second and three inches or a first down, you know, stop risking the gold. This was more, he just was trying to establish where he was after he was like turned around against somebody else's body. And and the ball got whacked out. Right. It it happens. I I don't think it was a sloppiness at all. And he has fumbled many times in the past, but I don't think this was an, you know, uh, indicia of him being, uh, you know, sloppy with football. And it was, you know, a, a really good play. It was bad luck. It was Murphy's law for it to wind up happening the way it happened, you know, to offset a just confounding fake punt call by a coach that I actually like. I actually like McDermott. I think he's done a really good job. They're good all the time. They're right there. It was a terrible decision to fake a punt there. Every, why wouldn't you be looking for it? There's no surprise there. Just and just just punt the ball, whether it's Devon Hamlin or not. That's not the point. You know, the point was, what are you doing faking the punt? Punt the ball. There's there's no need to panic there. Remember, we talked about when Kirby Smart did it a few years ago in the SEC title game. I think it was the SEC title game against Alabama. Um, if not the Samurais, I think it was the title game, the SEC title game. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I just it, it, it wasn't the time. Too much on the line there. Uh, regular season game, I don't even like it there, but in, in that spot, and you know, it was the game. They scored their game's over. And then if you're going to go for it like that, why not keep your offense on the field? Take a shot with one of the best quarterbacks in the league for five yards. Instead of, they had 10 guys on the field, the Chiefs. I don't know if they were planning to fake it all along or if somebody noticed that and said, hey, 10 guys, let's see if we could get them sleeping here. But you wouldn't have known they only had 10 guys. <laughs> they ran the play right into the heart of the four guys that were standing there for Kansas City. Fortunately, the fumble evened it out because I yeah. don't like to see games that I have no rooting interest. I don't like to see coaches get fired. And the, the stupid penalty for Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes still having the ball in his hand, if it was a penalty or not, they punted the neck after three plays. So like that kind of canceled out too. There wasn't many, I don't think any that I can remember, those egregious calls that like changed the game, no, which was good. No, no, no. And, and everybody sits there and says, you know, well, sure, Diggs got to catch that pass. And I had this discussion with, you know, our fearless leader a couple of days ago. You know, I said, basically, you know, him dropping that pass basically put Buffalo in a better stead because if they're, they're there too early, if he catches that ball with way too much time left, instead, they slowly but surely move the ball down the field. They take it under the two minute warning. Everything is working really to perfection because they get it under the two minute warning. And now if Andy Reid has got to start using his timeouts, if they get that first down and he's only got two left. So, you know, and they continued that drive. It's possible that they could have scored a touchdown and run the clock out, uh, or at least down to 13 seconds, which was too much time last time. Anyway, but the point is they would have been up in this instance uh, by four and not by three. But uh, look, it, it wasn't to be, I mean, you know, the second down play, he's got him in the end zone. It was the same throw he made to Gabe Davis to put them up two years ago with 13 seconds to go. And it was, uh, it was you know, kind of short armed, so to speak, for lack of a better term, because his offensive lineman got pushed back into him. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you can argue on, on the third down play, well, why didn't they go for like, you know, five or six of it? Right. And then they can at least make it a shorter field goal or decide if they wanted to go for fourth down. And then Bass misses the field goal. And you feel terrible for Bass, um, as a lot of people did. But he was getting death threats, and which is just ridiculous. And I heard today one of the callers to Chris's show talked about the fact that his charity has got over six figures in donations and that the Buffalo fans now are, are, are coming around to forgiving. Yeah, uh, because of what he's been exposed to, which is just it, it's ridiculous. But it just shows, as we talked about before, you know, there are aspects of life besides sports. These lunatics, they're, they're just uncontrollable. These folks on the Internet, the chat rooms and uh, 
the abuse that they will expose other people to. And, you know, the internet has opened up the environment. It has opened up the airwaves. It's opened up channels, new channels for these absolute buffoons to do these kind of things. So And Twitter has no filter on it anymore now well, that, that it's, 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 grifter it's, it's, has taken Twitter. it over. All those threats come through without any filter at all. So you're seeing it's, everything it's, it's, unlike it's before. A vast, it's a vast wasteland. It is. I don't care what anybody says. You know, I tweet, you know I don't tweet. You know I'll never tweet. I'll go look at somebody's tweet that somebody sends me. It's a wasteland. It's part of the ruination of this country. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. It is exposed far too much to far too many and given those same folks too much exposure. Uh, that's you know, my, my trip to the soapbox. You're not wrong. Uh, As somebody that is in that world daily and looking for content and looking for storylines and looking for what's hot and not, it has changed drastically since 10 years ago, since five years ago, since two years ago, since one, et cetera. Every and, day, you don't know what it's going to be. And the bottom line is, e- even if he makes the field goal, there's a lifetime left. And I'm not going to say Kansas is going on the field and score, but maybe they do, maybe they don't. If they don't go to overtime, who knows what happens. So it's not like this is a field goal he missed you know, to win the game. Exactly. It was a field goal to tie the game. And again, yeah, it's a huge field goal. It's a tie game. And you know, maybe they stop him. Maybe they stop Kansas City on three plays, get the ball back, go down the field, but it, it didn't happen. Um, it, it was a game that we talked about last week that I was concerned about Buffalo's defense being worn down because they lost so many guys and they got worn down. Uh, yeah, they got some stops late. They did. Uh, but, uh, you know, what they did so well early on, they didn't do late, which is run the football. And uh, they just couldn't finish the drive. They made a couple nice plays to get down there. The fourth down conversion was a terrific play. Uh, and you thought then maybe this is going to happen. You're watching that clock. You're seeing it move. And you know they only got two timeouts. And they get it under the two-minute warning. And then you're thinking, boy, if they can get a couple more completions and keep the clock moving and get down to, you know, like, because remember, they were at the 27. You get one more first down, just one more. With the clock running, now you're down to, you know, minute and a half, minute 20, and you've got first and 10. And Andy Reid's only got two timeouts. You can run whatever you want, and you're going to have to force his hand. And he'd probably call a timeout after you got the first down. You know, you get that first down, that you know, in, in their – uh, their second whatever pass into the end zone incomplete. Uh, if they went underneath and got a first down, or on, on third down went short, someone got a third, got a first down. You're down to a minute and a half clock running. He's going to have to spend one quickly, and then you've got your whole playbook to work with, with the field goal in your pocket, hopefully because it's even closer, and you can go for the touchdown. And you can run the ball. You can run something short. You can run Josh Allen, take advantage of his legs and potentially get that down to the very end where you're kicking the field goal to tie it at the gun or the couple of plays to go going for the touchdown and just didn't work out. So they get the ball with 8.23 to go in the fourth. They're down by three. You didn't have a problem with them seemingly trying to take up as much clock as possible and in a sense try to get the last score rather than just keep doing their offensive thing, try to just score like normal, whether that comes at five minutes to go, four minutes to go, whatever. At least we got the points, and then we'll deal with Kansas well, they, City. They, or, they are you okay this. with what they did? They threw a bomb on the first play. They did. <laughs> they did. So it's not like – That first play try. is the digs drop for people that might have forgotten. We're, they're we're, trying we're to go not, for it all. It wasn't like they were just going to, you know, dink and dunk their way down the field. They went for it right out of the box. Right. And my point at the beginning of this your conversation was it was better off that it didn't work because it allowed them to take the field back, the ball down to the, basically the same spot on the field. 
but take six minutes to do it. And that was ideal because, you know, if, if you're not going to blow Kansas City out of the building, which is rare, the other important element about beating Patrick Mahomes besides you know, knocking him down and keeping Travis Kelsey out of the end zone uh, is that you want to make sure the last time he touches the ball, you're ahead by two scores. There's also been a narrative this week because it's yet another loss to Patrick Mahomes for Josh Allen in the postseason. His regular season against him, record, of course, a lot better. I think 0-4 now in the postseason. Can he get the job done? What needs to change? Is it him? Is it the coach? Is it the system? What's the story? Nonsense. It's I nonsense. think it's it's just as you've been talking about, it just wasn't their day. Despite being but, home, they needed everything to kind of just go right. I, I didn't think the Chiefs would have a problem. Funny enough, I didn't think the Chiefs wide receivers this game would have the dropsies. I didn't think their offense would have that awful, like, devastating drop that just takes them out of a drop. And they just ran up and down the field for the most part. But you do, in doing that, you have to play a perfect game. It just didn't happen. I don't know if he – he didn't play bad. Like, I don't know – if to not be nitpicky about his performance and just maybe the answers to chalk it up to just wasn't their day, which happens in sports. They're not good enough. They weren't good enough. Yeah. They didn't have Davis. They didn't have three. Their defense was missing you know, three key guys and not just, you know, for they were missing, you know, some of these guys for the second half of the season, but a couple more fresh. So, they just, without their full complement, uh, you know, they just weren't. And remember, this team was six and six before they went on their run. They just weren't quite good enough. But this notion that you know the window is closing, they missed a golden opportunity. But well, what's the? I mean, if they won, they're going to have to go to Baltimore. It's not like they had a pass next week to go to the Super Bowl. No offense to them, I think the Ravens are, are better than the Bills. But the point is, this notion that the window is closing on the Bills and this quarterback, it, you are incredibly knowledgeable. Vast amount of respect for your opinion. So riddle me this. Who's going to have the best quarterback in the AFC East for the next, I'll be conservative, five years? It's the Bills. And it's not even close. As it currently stands. And who who would be coming? As, 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 as it will stand. Right. The, the Bills have Josh Allen in his prime, signed. They have weapons. They'll add more. They've got a decent defense. They'll draft. They'll replenish. They're well run. Who else is in that division? The Patriots don't have a quarterback. They're going to draft one. Okay. Let's hope he's really good and have another nice quarterback, another good player. You know, it, it, the best it's going to be is Drake May. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be Mitchell Trubisky, but I don't know how good he's going to be. And they need to rebuild. The Dolphins have Tua, who's a nice NFL quarterback. He ain't Josh Allen, and we know that for a fact. Yeah. And the Jets have old folks who, even if he is good next year, he ain't going to be Josh Allen. So since Josh Allen's not going anywhere and Josh Allen is one of the four best quarterbacks in the national football league, all of whom reside in the AFC and Josh Allen is in his prime and just getting better. How is the window closing? Because Diggs might not be back next year. They'll draft a wide receiver. They'll add via free agency. They'll draft more in the secondary. They'll draft to, you know, to help on the defensive line and linebacking court. They'll get Matt Milano back, who's their best defensive or one of their best defensive players. Bills aren't going anywhere. Remember, they rallied from six and six to win the division. They're going to win the division next year. They're going to win the year after that and the year after that. They're just going to get better. There's no windows closing in Buffalo. It's, and Sean McDermott, I, I know people are calling for his head. He's been successful. I mean, it, Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. Sean McDermott is not. But there are some corollaries there. 
However, the Bills don't get destroyed at home and embarrassed at home like the Cowgirls did. McDermott's teams play hard and keep playing. Yes, they got handled last year at home by Cincinnati, uh, but they didn't stop playing. Dallas's performance this year in the playoffs was an abortion. It was an embarrassment. McDermott's teams play hard. They play form. I don't think they're as good as Kansas City. Not as they currently were, or excuse me, as they were going into that game. That's why I picked Kansas City. You remember my pick was, you know, I was close. I said Kansas City went in a last-second field goal. Well, they won in a last-minute miss, missed field goal. Yeah. I thought it would be Butker who kicked it in a tie game instead of Bass who missed it down three. But regardless, I just thought that Kansas City was healthier and and you know good enough to come in and and, and beat a Buffalo team that had to play a playoff game every week and probably was a little worn down and was you know really banged up on defense and all that taken into account and they came up just a little bit short you know they they're, they're, they got the ball with plenty of time on the last drive at the 25 it's all right there they couldn't finish they couldn't finish i can understand people's frustration when you're a fan of Patrick Mahomes and even Lamar Jackson to an extent, if it had happened next week, where the narrative of the game tends to skew toward Josh Allen. And there's even some people that had the nerve to come on television after that loss and say, I would still take Josh Allen over anybody right now. Okay. That's a little bizarre and maniacal and chaotic and crazy because the best quarterback in the national football league beats his ass every year in the postseason. Just because you can't get over the hump against one specific player and team shouldn't mean that you're throwing this dude to the Wolves. Well, they could beat him. They just can't beat him in the playoffs. They've beaten him. Beat him this year. Beat him in the regular season. Can't beat him in the postseason. 13 seconds last year, Al. Who else loses that game? Two years ago. Two years ago. Who else loses that game? You can look at from the point of view who else wins that game. That's true. You're going up against court. who I believe will be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Well, and uh, he's our fearless leader. He's is game. Calling him he, he, or not. I was very, I don't want to say, sh- it was almost exciting to hear him say that. I was, I was. Right? You know, t- two things. I mean, that, and, you know, he, he's not bitching about, Joe Maurer being a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm like, well, where, where's my guy? <laughs> What's happened? Are where, you, where is are you taking the gummies into work? We taking the mat out of the dog? <laughs> I mean, how, how is it possible? Not not only is is Joe Maurer in, he's in the first ballot, and, and and Chris is not going crazy, and Mahomes has had a cup of coffee in the league, and he's the best of all time, and he said it again today, uh, but he did not see Unitas. Uh, you know, Chris always gives me a hard time about how I can remember, how can I remember 1965, you know, with Sandy Koufax and Jimmy Brown, uh, but he can remember the Ice Bowl and Unitas a year later, and he's two years younger than me. So, and he's got a great memory, but so do I. So let's not sit in the glass houses and, yeah. and, and toss the rocks at me. Um, but he did not see Unitas in his prime, because I barely did. You know, I saw Unitas in 65 and 66, and that was even past his prime. But be that as it may, Mahomes is fabulous. He's the best quarterback alive. And the best four quarterbacks are in the AFC. And pretty soon, with the new coach in Los Angeles, also is predicted on this program for a very long time, as our listeners will know. And we don't mean uh, at the beginning of the coaching carousel. We mean early, if not pre-college football season, uh, when we talked about Michigan would win the national title and Jim Harbaugh would go on to coach the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, But he will turn Justin Herbert into the fifth member of the best five quarterbacks in the NFL. And uh, they'll all be residing in the AFC. And that will be. It's already something to watch. But think about the fact that you will have Patrick Mahomes, 
Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert all signed to long-term lucrative deals in their prime, all going at it at the same time in the AFC. Unbelievable. Amazing. It's like when everybody was in the West and it was just LeBron over in the East with the Cavs or the Heat. Who's the LeBron of the NFC? I don't know if it's the two players that we're going to talk about at quarterback that are going to be playing for a Super Bowl, but at least they're in the game. Will one of these quarterbacks, you know, coming in to the draft, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, will they join the club? Not right away, but will will one of them be the next guy like one of these guys was, well, (laughs) have been since they all came in at relatively the same time? Uh, or or the same time, and have evolved into MVPs, Super Bowl uh, competitors, Super Bowl winners, playoff regulars. Uh, it's going to be an incredible next five to six years, I would say minimum, yep. that we're going to watch all these guys play against each other. You know, did you know you had Manning and Brady in the same conference? Breeze over in the other conference, uh, Rogers over in the other conference. So it's basically going to be you know Brady and Manning to the fourth power. That's what it's going to be, and it's going to. And you want Lamar to be like the Roethlisberger of that equation, and then like or Joe Burrow, and then the the Joe Flacco. I don't want. I don't want him to be the ugly duckling. Of hey, you get the game. It doesn't matter how ugly you look. You're there. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want him to be big, old, slow ass. <laughs> like, that's what I don't want him to be. No sir. No, it was an exciting game, though. At that, to me, it just felt like there was a point where the flip switched on, and he said, "Well, the Chiefs aren't losing this. It's just only a matter argue. of time." I, I, I'm not going to argue with you, which I, is crazy I, I, to say. I, you thought, again, we talked about it, how the Chiefs looked this whole season. It's one of the, the worst teams Patrick Mahomes has had offensively. It could be the best team he's had on defense, which obviously helps. But the thought was, here we go. If you're going to beat him, this is the year. We finally get to see him on the road. And it went like the script always does in these matchups. It was crazy that it ended up working out that way. And, again, the missed field goal came at a terrible time, but you're giving that man two timeouts and 147 to work with. All he needed was 13 seconds two years ago. I'm just saying it's work, probably and if, going the and, other way. And if that doesn't work out, you still got overtime. So. Yeah, exactly. Good luck with it, that. I, they can only I, change I, the rules for you so many times. They've already done that for you, Josh Allen. And that's why when we talked about it last week, we just kind of thought that with all due respect to the Bills, that because of all the circumstances, Kansas City was probably the better team. And they were by hair. That's all you need. You know, missed field goals and special teams are part of being better. And it was just enough. And we, uh, now we have a absolute battle of, you know, at least battle of the Titans at quarterback. I am actually of the opinion that I think the Ravens are clearly better than Kansas City as a football team. I could be dead wrong, but – We'll discuss that when we get to our, or I should say, I will evidence my thoughts when we make our predictions. Well, I don't have much to say for the NFC games, despite them being close and despite the 49ers having to come back, which was exciting. Green Bay just ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. The Lions ended up pulling away, and a late score obviously makes the score look nice. Unfortunately, Baker throws that pick and doesn't have an opportunity for them to potentially tie the game. And result-wise, you get the Lions and the 49ers, which was the easy pick for winners. The games were at least close. The teams did just enough to where now, though, you think, are the 49ers vulnerable for how Brock Purdy played again in a postseason game? Didn't really have it in the first half. Had a string together, something at the end for them to pull it off. The Lions, why were they so close with the Bucks? What's going on with Jared Goff? Is he will they be able to keep this going? Get to the Super Bowl. Finally, please. But in results wise, we got to where 
a lot of people, I think, expect it to be. And at the same time, the games are up for grabs at the end. I mean, this was it. <laughs> this weekend was great. The fact, the thing that worries me about Detroit, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm hoping this is going to be a terrific game. But you know, Detroit should have won that game going away, and they should have had it salted away. And lo and behold, they didn't. And yeah, look, I, 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 I don't care what the analytics say and what the math says and what people say and the new strategy. Uh, when I'm down 14, I'm not going for two on the first touchdown. I don't want to hear this well, you know, if you want to win, you got to go for two eventually. So you go for it now because, you know, chances are 50%. If you don't make it this time, you make it. I, I don't know. I never want to have to make it. I want to have the option of going for it and making it. And I don't want the defense to ever have a safety net because if I do what Tampa did, and get the momentum of scoring the, the quick touchdown and pulling within eight. I want to get within seven. So the next time I have the ball, if I have the ball, I want that defense to think about the fact that we could lose if we don't stop. I don't want them to have the safety net of knowing well, we're up eight. Even if they score, they got to get two. I, I don't want to do anything to hurt my own momentum. You know, the odds are 90% you're going to make the extra point. 50% at best you're going to make the two. Kick the fucking extra point. It's a playoff game. Kick the extra point. Get within seven and worry about going for two if you want to be gutsy and go for the win. You know, in the last 10 seconds or 20 seconds, if you get the next the second touchdown, that's your call. If you want to, if you want to go, if you want to, you know, throw everything in, if you want to go all in on that, okay. You know, you're on the road, overtime, understood. I got the best shot to win it. Right? When am I going to have a better chance to win the game than I have right now? That theory I can understand. This is my best chance to win the game. I can win it on one play. With my offense on the field, we're hot, we're rolling. The defense is tired. They've been on for two drives, you know, in the last four minutes, we just scored two touchdowns. I'm obviously going forward to the notion of, you know, they scored on that last drive versus the interception. They're on the ropes. Strike while the iron is hot. I can see that. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm still going to tell you I would do it. You know, from 10,000 feet, I probably wouldn't. But all the circumstances being in a certain scenario, there's times where I might. My defense is exhausted. If my defense is banged up, if my quarterback says, you know, he's confident and we got to play, that we have utmost confidence in, it, sure, let's go. You know, but we're the dogs on top of it. Let's go for it. Um, most of the time, I would just kick the extra point anyway and go to overtime. But to go for two there, it's nonsensical. I don't care what anybody – Einstein could sit on my couch right now and tell me it is 100% the way to go. And I would say it may be on the board. Okay. But it's not on the field. I didn't hate it. I'm impartial to whatever a team decides in that moment. I don't have a soapbox to stand on either way for either leaning against the analytics or leaning. What against do you worry about? You're six, eight. I've lived on a soapbox. If I get on a soapbox, it's a hard fall if I fall off of it. So Since that's usually a reason school, to get off. I've had to stand on a soapbox. Soap, high school. I've always had to stand on a soapbox, all right, at my height. You live on one. I think it's important in the situation, just as we've talked about as baseball fans in high-level moments of a game, that the person in charge just needs to have a feel sometimes. The binder and the stats and the analytics are going to tell you what to do. And this is the math and here's where we should head. But sometimes you just have to feel how the game is going. How is our momentum? How is our personnel? 
how has this play worked in practice or previous games? What will happen if we do get this? How will the other team react? Will they try to hold the ball or will they be more aggressive based on what this decision will be? Because that impacts what happens. Should we get the ball again? If we even do. There's, I think, a lot more that goes into it just based on how the game has been played to that point, aside of what the binder tells you, because that's not putting into consideration what's happened previously. So sometimes you just got to trust a coach, and I wouldn't mind him saying after the game, like, hey, I know it says to do this. I didn't think we could, or I didn't want to, or I didn't think we should. I'd be fine with that every time. You have faith in your guys to do it, convert it, get the ball back, have an opportunity to win, or you have faith in your defense to say, listen, let's get a stop. We'll try it the old-fashioned way, and I have faith we'll make the two this time. Okay, I'm fine with it either way. Sometimes, though, as a, I don't want to say purist, but as a lover of a game, sometimes it's nice to lean with the seasoned coaches, managers, etc., to just say, listen, this is how I felt. Or this player came up and said, coach, we should do it. Coach, let's do this. All right, let's do it. Coach, let's do the Philly special. All right, let's do it. Those moments I'm a big fan of in those situations, not just going by what the piece of paper says always. So, of course, it doesn't end up working out in the end. But we like to play results with these things more often than not as well. Sometimes just follow your gut on it. I'm okay with it. But I get where you're coming from. Where everyone's argued with this, I understand. There's also this not taking the time to understand it at all and having an opinion on it. Always interesting to get all different sides. Everybody's got to have an opinion after the the two-point conversion decisions. I side with the I side with the gut. <laughs> time time and place. Yeah. Time and place. I'm with you. Situation. Bad interception. And unfortunately, we don't get to see the potential. We're going for two. Let's see what happens. Great year for Baker, though. Man's gonna get paid next season. The way the game went, I was I wasn't surprised that they had a chance. I was surprised that they wound up with a chance. If you said to me that was the game when the game started, that this is the way it was going to end, I was not surprised. But the way that they seemingly had the game in hand, um, it was surprising that suddenly Tampa had a chance, uh, which it looked like they weren't going to have any at all. And, you know, like, is Detroit going to fritter this away? Is it just, you know, it didn't get as, as, as close as, you know, Washington and Texas in the NCAA semis, you know, because of the interception, they didn't get nearly that far. But it, it seemed like that there was this scenario where, you know, could Tampa possibly do this? You know, when it looked like they were dead in the water. And no, they didn't. But, you know, they did have enough time. Uh, not a lot, but they had enough time with no timeouts. They had to hustle. But they really never got off the ground. And, um, you know, Detroit's one game away from the place they've never been. Super Bowl. And we'll see what happens when they go into San Francisco to take on a team that dodged a massive bullet. A massive bullet. Uh, And I'm curious what you think. I thought the biggest play of that game was 3-0, fourth and one. On the second drive for Green Bay, they've been ramming it down their throat, and they ran a quarterback snake. And I understand that brotherly shove works a lot. It works with Josh Allen, and I know Love runs the ball well, but they were ramming it down their throat with Aaron Jones. Give the ball to Aaron Jones on fourth and one. Give the ball to your running back and let your offensive line do the work. And he got a bad spot, which I also discussed with their fearless leader. He brought it up. He absolutely got it. I thought he got that first down. Uh, but they didn't give it to him on the mark. And if you're up 10 nothing there, again, not that they would have scored a touchdown, but I like their chances of, you know, first down from there, the way they were moving it. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. 
uh, Green Bay dominated most of the game. The Niners, a different club without Debo Samuel, plain and simple. You know, a, a bad interception on a deflection early on kind of turned the game a little bit. And you know, Green Bay kept fighting, had the lead, looked like they were in terrific shape. And, uh, you know, he misses the field goal that's going to put him up seven. And he missed a ton of kicks this year. It's not his brother, his older brother, you know, in Vegas, who kicks for the Raiders, has been one of the best kickers in the game. And uh, baby brothers missed a bunch of extra points. And that was a massive, was 41 yards? I think it was 41 yards that he hooked uh, that would have put him up, uh, you know, seven. So worst case scenario, touchdown, single point conversion ties and two point conversion puts him behind. I doubt they would have gone for two, but uh, they should have been up seven. They weren't. And uh, Niners find a way. They get a couple big third down conversions. A big one to Ayuk, I think, over the middle. And uh, they, they, they dodge a massive bullet. Green Bay gets the ball back late. And the kid makes the worst decision he's made, you know, in the last month with absolutely no reason to do what he did. Just keep running. Just run. It's first down. Just keep running. Get out of bounds. Start over. Makes a terrible decision. Throws it over the middle in the midst of 449ers. And, uh, they advance. They were not impressive in any way, shape, or form. Looked like on that pass that ended the game, very much like a certain number four has thrown many a time in that Green Bay Packer uniform across the body praying for a miracle pick a little far end to the Green Bay Packers season. I'm sure they weren't happy to get those flashbacks, especially fans of say the Vikings having to see that happen again for an over the field throw as such better team definitely beat San Francisco that day. Green Bay just, doesn't know how to win yet. They're too young of a team. Jordan Love in that stage doesn't have the experience yet. I think you're hopeful if you're a Packers fan, but obviously incredibly disappointed because here we go again in that specific type of rivalry game, losing to the 49ers. Two missed kicks. Rough. 41 and 43. Two three-point losses <sighs> for the Packers and the Bills. Special teams. Keep an eye on them this weekend. They're two great kickers, the greatest of all time. And in Justin Tucker and uh, Butker, who is terrific. I think he's only missed one field goal all year, maybe. And obviously over uh, in the NFC, you have a rookie kicker for the Niners, the Michigan kicker from a year ago, who's been pretty good. And the Detroit kicker, uh, who I believe was, was he a replacement for an injured kicker? See their original kicker to start the year? I'm not sure. I don't think he was, but he's been very good for them. But keep an eye on specials. Keep an eye on return teams. Uh, you know, and keep an eye on kickers making their big kicks. Because we saw two games that were three-point differences because of relatively, I don't want to say automatic, but what we've come to know as uh, field goals at 40-plus yards that are almost automatic and you know, one left one pushed right and i don't know if he pushed it or if just he you know he said i should have targeted it you know left upright because of the wind or if he, the wind just got it and completely blew it far right well because it was headed it was headed right down the middle and then boom. it was like a golf shot yeah it's sliced to the right like we see unfortunately right I don't know if it was the wind, the broadcast. Well, I mean, you weren't going to get anything from Nance and Romo, who were just trying to get to the end without sounding as foolish as they always do. Jay Feely standing down there. He didn't well, provide love, very much. But I love Jay Feely. Yeah. I think he does a great job. He does. And, but we didn't see any, any of the kicks really pushed. Um, the only thing I heard from the Kelsey brothers – podcast which i had to listen to just to get the behind the scenes on what went down in the suite as one does travis said the flags were flying on the top of the goalposts, leading him to believe the wind start he said the wind wasn't predictable all game 
it would just swirl around depending on where you were on the field and what time of day it was and where you were. There wasn't a consistent breeze. It was just all over the place, swirling, which happens in upstate New York, as we know. I don't know if it just happened to pick up at that moment because it looked like there's a video going around the Internet. You know, sometimes people jokingly get their fans out and their living rooms and they pretend to hopefully push the ball. This dude had the fan on the left side of the TV and it was just like he turned it on at the right moment for it to just get completely thrown out of the side. But then you could argue it's your home stadium, Buffalo. This is where you kick, man. Put your finger up, you know, lick the tip of your finger and throw a piece of grass up. You should know. Absolutely. It's your home field. Absolutely. No excuses. Because it wasn't like, oh, he just, it just looked like it got caught up in something and got taken away. I mean, it really did. Wide right again in Buffalo. Like, if you're a fan, just how, how does this happen again? It was, it was like out of a movie where you just kick it up into a tunnel and gone. And you're seeing the kid afterward in the seats in tears. Yeah, who who you know, definitely definitely was not around for the the four Super Bowl losses. Pull it together, buddy. There's a couple people, a couple rows behind you that want to hang themselves because they this is five now. Right, right. I will so. give you a quick synopsis for the NFC. So quick, in fact, that I think the 49ers win because I have money on them, but the Lions cover, and I will. Give you the floor for why you think your Baltimore Ravens are the better what team. Is the num- what is the number? The number currently stands. The Ravens favored by four. The over-under, 44 and a half. Weather so in up. Baltimore, Maryland, 49 degrees. Not awful. And what's the, uh, what's the current number in San Francisco? San Fran is seven and 51 and a half. I think a lot of it does have to depend on Samuel. Uh, I, I, yeah, I hate to sound like the old, you know, it's either going to be, but I really think it's either going to be a, a real shot for the lions to win it or they get blown out. Uh, so I'm going to root because I want to see a good game. I'm going to root for the lions to cover and give you uh 30, 3127. How's that? 3127. I like that. 49ers. Might be a little high. Uh, what's the weather going to be in San Francisco? Is it going to be dry? 69, and it looks just to be sunny and cloudy. At this point, no rain. Okay, so no rain. So I'm going to stick with 3127. If it was going to be, uh, you know, a crappy day, maybe I'd knock it down by a touchdown apiece. But I'm going with 3127 Niners back to a Super Bowl. Um, and look, you know, I, I had him at plus 900 to start the season to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not middling it. I'm not hedging it. I'm not backing off it. Uh, it was an educated bet at the beginning of the season, but I think the Ravens have the best team and they've been the best team uh, pretty much from beginning to end. They had a little, uh, a couple blurbs where they gave a couple games where they basically gave I mean, the last one against Pittsburgh, nobody played, but in the three games they lost, as you know, uh, they led with less than two minutes to go in all of them. They, Gave a couple of them away with some shoddy clock management and fumbles and drop passes. If the Ravens don't turn the ball over, they will win. And I don't mean none for them and and three for Kansas City. I mean, if the Ravens don't turn the ball over, no matter what Kansas City does, 0-0 in turn, the Ravens will win. They have a better team. They have a better offense. They have a better defense. Uh, they have more weapons. They have everything that is equal or better than Kansas City, except obviously at that one spot because one guy is, you know, the reigning MVP, uh, and the Ravens quarterback is going to be this year's MVP and a two-time MVP. So, uh, am I correct on that? Or didn't Holmes won the MVP last year, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, um. 
I just think the Ravens are better and they're home. So I am going to give you, uh, and the weather looks like it's going to be good. Correct. You said 49 and dry. Yeah. 49 and dry. All you can ask for at this point of the year. So I'm going to go with my, my earlier prediction was 34, 24 Ravens. Uh, I'm starting thinking maybe 31, 20, but I'll stick with 34, 24 Ravens. So I'm I'm kind of high on the scores for both games. A lot of it having to do with the weather. Um, I clicked the link. I guess the weather that they're showing is the weather currently. That doesn't help us any good. I thought they oh, were they showing us all. the weather that for Sunday. So let me let me tee it back up again. I know you're going to pick the same way, but the weather for Sunday: cooler with rain. A rain jacket may be needed for the football game. 94% chance of rain. It'll be 46 degrees. A rain nice. jacket may be needed. Doesn't seem like that's going to be a downpour where you have to head for the heavens. But we'll probable chance of participation, 94%. We'll stick with 34-24. We'll stick with 34-24 Baltimore. And it will be everyone. I don't say everyone, but a lot of people's prediction uh, mid-season, so to speak, or thereabouts, yeah. last two-thirds of the season, some even in the preseason, of a Ravens-Niner Super Bowl, a rematch uh, of a few years back uh, when Brother John bested Big Brother Jim. So much so that he finally came back to the National Football League. Indeed. And they will play each other, nas- they will play each other next year. <laughs> could happen might not be too I believe, much I believe I believe early in the season yeah it'll be exciting to see them get back at it I think this is a similar storyline like we talked about last week with Buffalo if you're going to beat Kansas City this is the year you're healthy is Mark Andrews coming back for this game have we heard he's been practicing all week I haven't heard the final decision but he has been practicing as has uh, Marlon Humphrey, who also practiced the last couple of days. So it looks like they have the option, obviously depending on how they practice today, of uh, basically having everybody raring to go. I don't know for sure if uh, if they're going to activate uh, either one of them. Uh, they haven't missed a beat with Isaiah Likely stepping in for for, uh, uh, for Andrews, who's obviously uh, Lamar's security blanket. Uh, likely is probably a little more athletic, certainly faster, probably better at making catches, you know, in traffic because he's gets up a little higher as a little more athletic than Andrews uh, as for blocking. Obviously Andrews superior route running. You have to ask the coaches. On that. I would think Andrews, but likely has played very well. Touchdown last week. Um, they do have the 11th hour infusion of the former jet for a heartbeat running back and obviously uh Viking uh pro bowler who from Florida state that I loved and got a little dose last week. Um, we'll see if he's going to be a contributor. He had some speed to the backfield. Uh, I'm anxious. I'm excited. And as I said, may the best team win. I think they're the best team. I texted Nick Wright. Never a doubt. After, I, I texted Nick Wright after we checked him. Uh, and I had uh, Sunday night, Justin, check him on Twitter and see what he was doing. And on Instagram, you know, him talking about going down the street, getting his cigar. And uh, I texted him that, uh, paraphrasing as Justin uh, showed me you gloating on Instagram. <laughs> and then I said to him, enjoy your last victory cigar of the season. And then he texted me back, of course, the shot of the arm, uh, which I don't yeah. know if his wife drew that on or <laughs> whatever the case may be uh, that said, never a doubt. Yeah. I, and then I texted him back. I said, is that the remake of the 20 and 0 tattoo? which he had on his arm at the beginning of the season. So it has a chance to be a terrific game. 
I don't think it'll be that close. Uh, so as I said, 34, 24 Ravens, and uh, I'm hoping it's much worse than that for Kansas City. I would, I would love a hand ride in the fourth quarter to San Francisco. Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and boldly say it's going to be, you know, 40, 14, but nothing would make me happier. Good luck to your Ravens. It's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Folks, from my partner, the great John Tiny Lund, I am El Renato, a.k.a. from White Plains. Have a great championship weekend, everybody. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.